0: Good morning, good morning, Rabbotai. welcome to Breakfast and the Class. Great to see all the, uh, all the, all our people, all the boys back, Baruch Hashem, it's magnificent. And as well, of course, we would like to uh, wish my son-in-law and daughter a safe travels. Today is the last morning uh, that we will have with us, Nitana Al-Amanov, at the Breakfast and the Class, and as well, and Shoshi uh, with us at home. We wish you a safe journey and Be'ezrat Hashem a successful and fruitful move to Eretz Israel. Breakfast in the class today is dedicated in loving memory of Charlie Sack, a pillar in the community, a person who's done so much for the community and deal over probably, what, five decades of leadership um, with, a, with the schools and the and there's the so many different things that he was involved with. Sorry. The DSN, it's just, uh, it's mind-boggling uh, when someone takes a role, a leadership role like that. Um, and uh, it's hard to imagine how we're going to replace someone whose footprint was so big. Yeshaya and Laura ten nishmato haim, will live forever on in our hearts. Uh, Breakfast on the Class also dedicated for the speed of Washington Mount successful surgery for Rachel Bataliza, sponsored by Ruti and Rafi Fuzailov. Uh, and as well, the week of cold brew, dedicated loving memory of Sammy Syed. L'Ave Shalom. L'Ilu Nishman Shalomo sponsored by his son Isaac Syed, the OG cold brew guy. Um, he's the OG. This is Sammy Syed, is the OG cold brew guy. Um, he's, the one, he's the one that started off uh, David, David Ash uh, with, his, with uh, you and the substantial capacity. You have to do good today and every day. Uh, is, uh, has been a constant uh, source of cold brew goodness uh, as well as breakfast goodness. But um, we do we do need to give the kavod where the kavod is due. Uh, for Sammy said for getting us uh, started uh, in the Mato uh by his son Isaac. Amen. God bless, my friends. The pasuk says, et mishmerti, and you shall guard my mishmeret. Mishmeret. That's the name. The language that we use when we talk about the groups of people uh, this, that would cycle through the mishmarot of the Kohanim they had different groups 24 different groups that would take uh, each one would take two weeks in the year and they would cycle through all the different mishmarot of Kohanim so the Pasuk says on that word ushmartem et mishmarti he will guide my, uh, my watch and it tells us about keeping the mitzvot and the rabbis explain explained that the words ushmartem et mishmarti refer um, to the idea of creating a shemira on the mitzvot. So you see it says the word twice, ushmartem et mishmarti. So what does that mean, guard my guard? The Gemara answers, it means when a person makes a sayag, a fence around the Torah or around the mitzvot. So as an example, the Torah will tell you, you know, you're allowed to go till here, The Chachamim say, well, you should really only go till here. We don't want you even getting close to the edge. We don't want you uh, coming close to making the mistake. There was a magnificent mashal that was brought by uh, Rav Shach. uh, An example of a poor guy, uh, you know, a poor simple tailor. He walks into the Judaica store and he says, I'd like to buy a sidur. Guy comes, gives him a sidur. How big is it like this? He goes, no, could you give me the really big one? He says, which one? He goes, the one that has all the divrei Torah, all the, you know, the, the printing, everything before the tefillah, all the names of God, you know, the, the, the one that looks like this. The guy says, sure, I'm, I'm glad to give it to you. He goes, but I didn't know that you were so advanced that you wanted all these pirushim, all these explanations before the tefillah. Anyway, this guy says, look, I'm a poor, I'm a simple tailor. He says, I, I barely, you know, barely know how to read. He says, so why are you getting this, this book with all the commentaries? Yes, I'll tell you the truth. I had my old siddur from the time I was Bar Mitzvah. Anyway, as time went on, the pages in the front started to, on either bookend, right, started to go. So first I lost Modei Ani, then I lost the Tilat, yada, then I lost the tilat yada, and then I lost, what's it called, uh, Asher Yassar. You know, soon I lost bar, Baruch She'Amar. It's very difficult to pray without these mainstays of the Tifilah. I'm nervous, soon I'm going to lose Shema and i lose Amida as the pages continue to fall out. He goes, the thick sidur has many commentaries before, so if I lose a commentary or two, it's not a problem. He goes, but that way at least I have many pages to go until I lose the most important things, the actual tefillah itself, the actual Baruch She'amar, etc., etc. So Rav Shach saw in here a tremendous mashal and an amazing lesson. That one of the reasons why the rabbis created these fences is so that a person makes a mistake and they lose out on the, on the minhag, on the extra distance that we place between us and the mitzvah, at least they didn't touch, so to speak, they didn't touch the eye itself, the sensitive area itself, because they built in that buffer. So I'll just give you an example uh, that we just had over Pesach. We mentioned uh, over Pesach that there's a uh, custom amongst the Syrian community not to eat hummus because it sounds like chametz. Other communities don't eat tahine because in Arabic the word for tahine sounds like the word that you would use to describe uh, ground wheat, tahin, You know, but you have alternate versions of this. Ashkenazim don't eat kitniyot because they're worried maybe there might, might have been some wheat that's mixed into it. These siagim, these fences, even if by mistake you might, I thought it was baba ganoush. We've all made that mistake at one point in our life. We've made the baba ganoush hummus mistake. Or the, or the baba ganoush tahina mistake, depending on how finally it was ground. Right, you've all made that mistake at one please once. But then what did you make, what mistake did you do? You, you know, barmanan, you'd made that mistake, but you, you broke this extra layer of protection. But between the layer of protection and where you're getting to. It's not, you know, you, you, at least you preserve the mitzvah itself. My friends, the crazy thing is um, that this is how we behave in our world where things are super important. And let me explain what I mean when I say that. Um, uh, we, yes, we actually moved, the day before we left for Pesach, we actually moved uh, homes, we moved to a new address. We left for Pesach, our house was boxes. Top to bottom, we could, couldn't barely find anything that we needed in order to go away to pack, okay? Baruch Hashem was still living out of them. I unpacked, I don't know, 30 boxes, 40 boxes of zifarim yesterday. Um, uh, bro, do you even lift? etc., cetera, et cetera, okay? So, I'm, I'm, you know, Baruch Hashem, we're living in boxes. But I'll tell you one thing. What I realized is, Baruch Hashem thus far, We haven't found anything that's broken. And you know why nothing's broken? Because in every box, there's wrapping paper and wrapping paper and wrapping paper and wrapping paper. If I tell you I'm bringing out garbage bags about the size of a small human, okay? They're this tall, filled with paper. Bags and bags and bags and bags and bags and bags of the stuff, but not one dish broke. You see, when something's important to you, you wrap it. You make sure that it's not exposed to the elements. You make sure that there's no scenario in which that, uh, uh, that dish might bump into something, not just from the outside, but even from the inside. My friends, there are times when the things that we want to protect, the misbot that we want to protect, we have to protect them from negative influences. But there's times that it's not negative influences that stop us or uh, or get in the way of our mitzvot, it's positive influences. Let me show you how that works. Let's say as an example, a person does not want to speak Lashon HaRa. So why might you want to speak Lashon HaRa? Oh my gosh, you don't know, I have the best story. Or you might feel better about your day, you might feel better about your day if you speak. You might have had a, a bad experience when you went on vacation, you hear about someone else, who's got a worse experience, makes you feel better about yours, right? Etc. Etc. So sometimes the drive to do, a, do something that's not right comes from a negative place. But there's sometimes it's not like that. So as an example, let's just imagine, you have a guy, what's it called? In the Bet Knesset, somebody is, uh, you know, maybe talking quietly to their person next to them. Guy across the room, doesn't like the fact that someone's talking, so what does he do? have this, I see this all the time, shh, hey, shh, (laughs) sha, the guy's, you made seven times more noise than the other guy, you disrupted the whole shul, this guy, at least there are two people interested in talking, it's a consensual relationship, Barmanan, okay, they're they're both interested in, okay, fine, they're, they're ruining their own tefillah, but they're ruining their own tefillah, this guy, the shusher made more noise, combined. Now, where is the shusha coming from? In most cases, it's some sort of inadequacy within himself that he feels the need to shamble, to destroy someone else. But there's times when it actually comes from a good place. Doesn't like talking in tefillah. He actually, I didn't interrupt my tefillah. I I wasn't mafzik. It's not a hefsek to say, shh, he. It's not a hefsek, Right? So maybe he's coming from a good place. The answer is that there's times um, that Ben Adam Lechavero and the way you treat and the way you make someone feel, it might actually come from a good place. So sometimes we need to protect things from the outside and sometimes we need to protect things from the inside. HaKadosh Baruch tells Noah, Ish he tells him, I want you to put this pitch on the outside of the boat, and on the inside of the boat. Why? Because there's protection that you need from the elements from outside which you're looking to destroy, but there's also protection that a person needs from the inside. We all know how much we need to teach our kids and warn them about semitism But there's a lot of anti-Semitism that does not come from people who are not Jewish. It comes from people who are Jewish. It comes internally. Jews who hate Jews. You have to inoculate your children from that as well. You hear them speaking negatively all the time about this one, about that one. You have to say, let's keep it positive, right? There's people, they, lo- they just love being critical. They love finding people's mistakes. They love catching people out. They love it. It gives them life. And, and you know what? They're right. The guy did make a mistake. You did find it. You did catch him. But if you love it too much, you have to ask yourself, where is the motivation from that coming from? Is it coming from a good place? Or is it coming, Barmanan, is it coming from a bad place? This protection, it has to be mibayit I Want to share with you an amazing example of this idea. The uh after of, one time he reached uh, a certain city and he needed to stay somewhere. So there were two people who asked him if he would stay with them, two options where he could stay. The first person was a person who was very strict in halakha, everything was the most kosher, everything was the right way, super, you know, middagdik, super religious, super everything. But the guy, he was very arrogant. He didn't stop talking about all the chumrot, all the stringencies that he had. He's always telling everyone, you you know, certain people, every conversation is a conversation about them. Even your conversation is a conversation about them. You're talking about the Ukraine, it's about them. You're talking about the, the Holocaust, it's about them. Everything is about them, okay? People like that. This guy was an arrogant guy, very religious, did everything exactly right. The rabbi could be very comfortable eating there, you know, doing it, knowing Shabbat, all the laws are kept, but, but the guy was, a, he was arrogant. Guy very sure of himself, put other people down. The second option was a guy, very humble guy, very sweet, unassuming, non-confrontational, not arrogant. But he wasn't dak Not everything was as kosher, kosher as it could have been, maybe. Maybe there were other humrot that he could have kept. Shabbat, did he really know all the laws? Was everything done the right way? Maybe not. You see what I'm saying? He's his two options. Like they say, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, Bar minnan. Right? This way, the guy is uh, not Shomer Torah vote properly but he's humble. The other way, the guy is arrogant, you know, but at least everything is the right way. Where do you go stay? So the Abt Rav, he, he, he made a beautiful cheshbon. And listen to what he said, and it surprised me. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to stay by the guy who's, less, who's not as religious. So they asked him why. The rabbi said something that is so beautiful. He said, the pasuk says, God says, I dwell with the Jewish people even in their impurity, even with their mistakes. That means that Hashem could live with a person who is a Rasha. If this house is a place where God could live, then it's a, at least I could live there too. If it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. He says, but about a person who is a Baal Ga'avah, The uh, teaching goes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, He and I cannot live in the same space. That means that for God, this house is a house God's not going into. Well, if God's not going in this house, I don't want to go in either. And to me, this was such an interesting idea. Because it means that in many cases we have our priorities and our perspective a little warped. You know, this guy, very sweet guy, nice guy, straightforward, trying to do the right thing, but isn't doing the right thing. Go stay there. Why? Let the, the guy's arrogance is his own problem. Everything at least I know is 100%, 100%. And the answer is, says uh, the Abderav, no. God could live in that house. The other, you know where God can't live? God can't live in the house of a person who's arrogant, who thinks that he's better than everybody else. Even if, by the way, and that's what's happening in the story, the guy was better than everybody else. He was, he had a lot to be proud of. He had a lot to feel, like, great about. He had a lot to feel that he was more than other people. That's not a place where Hashem is. So, you have to cover it from the outside against uh, the things that are wrong from the outside. But a person also needs to cover and protect themselves from all the things internally that could go uh, awry. You know, you think I'll spend my life getting things right, and then I feel so great about it that I'm putting everyone else down. It's not the, it's not the halakha, it's not where it goes, it's not what we hold. Da, 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 da. And the person is shambling everybody else around them. Ironically, the purpose of the mitzvot, what is the purpose of the mitzvot? The purpose of the mitzvot is to come closer to and to create a relationship with God. That is the purpose of the mitzvot. The highest point of the mitzvot is to create a space, a beta mikdash, where you and God could live together. But the minute you walk in, God says, if he's here, I'm gone. What a waste! U'shmartem et mishmarti, God says. Guard my guards, my guardianship. And I I love the fact that this idea of mishmarti uh, is an idea that's used with the kohanim because specifically the Gemara is telling you what is it about? It's about making fences. What does that mean? It means making sure that the place that you're in and the place that you live and the, uh, the life that you occupy, it has place in it, And there's one thing that is God's kryptonite. It's something he't can't, he can't be there for. He can't stick around. Only one thing that we read that about. And that's Gava and that's arrogance. A life of humility, even an imperfect, humble life seems to be more in tune and connected. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then a more perfectly led one, which is accompanied by a healthy dose of ga'avah and of arrogance. et mishmarti. These are things that a person should take extra precautions on. You need extra pages in your humble sidur. So even if a couple of pages fall out, you didn't wind up crossing that line. What happens? I always say this to people. You start to become aware of places where you make mistakes. Let's say, as an example, a person filed their taxes three years in a row. Each year they made a mistake, cost them thousands of dollars. Once, you could stomach. Twice, after three times you made that mistake, what do you do? You never pay your taxes again. You find a tax lawyer, you let them file for you. It's just not worth it, right? Everything's like that. You know, you realize you get into an accident six times. Eventually, you sell your car, you go by Uber, you get a driver, right? We learn sometimes, we learn difficult lessons from mistakes that we've made, from the way we've been hurt by those mistakes, to veer, to veer away, to steer clear from those things. You realize that uh, every time you have a conversation with the other side about uh, something to do with uh, the wedding, you fight, so what do you do? You step back, you say, I'm not involving myself. You tell your wife to talk to the wife. You know, you figure out a way of avoiding the conflict. You know what? Because I've been down this road two times, three times. I'm not, I'm not, not here for that. I don't want to, I'm not interested in that anymore. What happens is we start to avoid the, the places and the areas in our lives where we've made mistakes. Well, if we've made mistakes with humility, if we've made mistakes with an avon, with a certain problem. So correct those mistakes not by trying to be a hero and overcoming it in the same space where you've fallen again and again and again, but by avoiding the scenario in the first place. You know that every time you get into the situation, you have a fight. Take that possibility off the table. Every single time I go down this road, somehow I or the other person is not strong enough, we wind up fighting about it. So um, just stop doing that thing. Stop going with that. Per- going out with that person. Stop entertaining. That's what it means to mishmarti. You know which things. You know which things we don't correct. You know which things we don't veer away from. Things that don't cause us enough pain. Things that we don't care about enough. Imagine if a parking ticket, my friends was not $150, it was $1.50. You park wherever you want. I park on the sidewalk, right? I would drive my car into the lobby of the synagogue, right? fifty, Fadal, right? Why are we all driving around like Majnun cases, reading the sign you can't figure out from 2 to 9 on a Wednesday on a Monday, 16 to 8, right? You know how I read signs. Right? Monday to Tuesday to 9, to 3, to 4, right? everything, you know, towing the car. You're sitting there, no one, the biggest tamil chacham, he gets out, he's sitting there like this, reading the parking signs, trying to figure out. Then he stopped, you know, we, it's so funny, you ever notice this? You're parking a car, suddenly, and you think anyone passing by next to that sign is a bigger expert in signs than you. You ever notice that? Somebody walks by, you're like, what is this thing? That, you know, why does he know more than you? How that don't live here either? You ever notice that? You always people always assume that some other person next to the sign has a deeper understanding of the parking laws than you do. What is, the guy says, well, how do I know? If it was $1.50, you know what happened? You'd park wherever you want, you wouldn't notice, you wouldn't care. You get ticket after ticket, you know, $15? Mm. $150? $500? They're gonna tow your car? Now already. You're double-checking, triple-checking. If you're even wondering if it's going to... I'm not going to park here. I can't go through the wage of finding my car in some parking lot. You got me? If you're not building fences around your averot, if you're not building fences around your mitzvot, it means that your mitzvot and your aberot are cheap in your eyes. No other way to say it. If, you, if you're sleeping through the alarm, set more alarms. Get a louder alarm. See that's, you're not sure if you're gonna get to Omer, remind yourself 30 times. Put, uh, put things in your calendar, set alarms on your phone. Download the Omer app on the App Store today. If you care, you set up safeguards. My friends, Take a look, and I think you'll find this exercise very powerful. Take a look, everybody knows the things that they need to fix. yodam arat Everybody knows the things they need to fix. Imagine you were strategizing. Had a veer around this pothole you keep falling in. What would you do? You'd not, you, you, know, you just wouldn't come down 63rd anymore. You'd go down the other way, make the come around the other, that's what you would do. So what would it look like if we cared enough to find the mistakes, at least that we make again and again. And we would design another route. On Google Maps or on Waze, sometimes a thing will come up it will say, alternate route available. Push here. Right? There's always an alternate route available. It just takes a little bit of planning and a little bit of care. Baruch Amen